Hello and welcome to episode 93 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon, your host as always, and with me once again, potential co-host of the year, Brandon Stevens. Brandon, say hello to the people. Jeremy, what is up? What's up, man? So anybody uh, listening, uh, thank you for listening. You can uh, catch our podcast on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. We're, we're out there. Uh, if you could share, rate, review, like, all that good stuff, we appreciate it. Click on the old episodes. We get credit in the algorithm for that. And we appreciate you all. So, Brandon, what what's going on? We've got some nice weather here in the uh, beautiful PNW. Hey, man, it's been amazing out here. We're getting sunshine. The These clouds have just been crazy. It's... Uh... It's like the golden hour every hour right now. It's beautiful, man. And I wouldn't want to be anywhere in the world except for right here with you, man. Oh, man, that's that's beautiful. You know? That's beautiful. Uh, and we appreciate you all uh, listening and being here with us right now. Yeah, uh, thanks for coming on this journey with us. 93 episodes. 93 Two episodes. plus years. I'm, like, stressed to the max on what I'm going to do for episode 100. Don't even trip, we bro. Need to, we need to do something special. For we that sound one. off on the century mark, whatever. Yeah. Who we got? We got. What do you want to have? You know, a different like a special know, guest. We gotta, or, do, we gotta think. We gotta brainstorm. You wanna? Um, Everybody should uh, hit us up on uh, live on. We're on uh, Facebook and Instagram on live to at live to walk again. Yeah. And we are on Twitter at live to walk the number one. What do you and think? I we'll, think we uh, just we just started a TikTok. Live oh, to walk did? again. Yeah, we're live to walk again on TikTok. Dang. I haven't done, I haven't posted anything on there. You want to, you should confused. make up some TikTok dances, man. Yeah, I should do that. Yeah, you should. I think I'd be I funny. was always known to be able to cut a rug, bro. Uh, so, <laughs> don't worry about me. Uh, <laughs> bro, man, have you uh, seen the movie Me Over You, Jeremy? Me Over You? Yeah. No. The only reason I ask is because the uh, the person in there is a um, quadriplegic. Oh, me, but me before you is that what you're thinking of? Isn't it me before you? Okay, whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah. dude. Right, like, man, what? Sorry. Is it? I don't know. I, like, I don't know what the hell you're talking is about. It, is man. it me before you? I think so. Or I me saw over a movie, you. I saw a movie called Me Before You with a guy who's a yeah. quadriplegic. And and he's super the, rich. And, yeah, he dances with the girl though. Oh yeah. Out on the dance floor. Yeah, that was uh. Yeah, that was good. That was that movie was sad as. I know, man, bro. Like just, he just he killed himself. Yeah, it was wild. I, I didn't really think. Spoiler alert! For anybody I, I didn't think he yet. was gonna go down like that, I man. I didn't either, man. Uh, uh, but dying. it makes me. I guess uh, I didn't really understand what the point of the movie was. Yeah, I don't. Do you, <laughs> do you know? I know. I don't, man. I was very confused by that movie because I thought there was gonna be like a big, like oh, I understand that there's more to life than just like. Being able to walk and doing what I was doing before, and maybe I can change the world in other ways. He was like, nope. He's like, nah, dude, I'm good. Fuck this. I'm out. out. Blast off. (laughs) Oh, man. And he even had a a, a nice little girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, man, that was wild. Mm -hmm. That was a a disturbing... Yeah, that movie messed me up for a good... Did it? Sorry to bring that back up, man. I'm good now, man. You good? It was a few years ago. Yeah, it was about a 2016 or 17 movie. Yeah, I wasn't going to watch it either, and I was like, I'll I'll throw it on, like, whatever. But, yeah, it was... That's the girl that's from um, Game of Thrones. I saw it pop up on my Amazon Prime that I had just watched it, and I was like, I haven't watched... I watched it, like, three years ago, and then I was like, oh, it must have been Brandon... And his wife watching it. Because I know you didn't watch that movie by yourself. Uh, so. Ah, got him. <laughs> um, so tell me, though, man, how was the uh, Mariners game? The Mariners game was interesting. <clears throat> Besides, uh, like, the actual game. Like, how was yeah, the experience? The game, the game was terrible. But the experience was, I mean, it was it was cool, man. They had, you know, I got a free T-shirt because I'm uh, fully vaccinated. Oh, dang. And uh, you get 20% off all like team store and concession stands with so beer was you, pretty cheap they, no oh it wasn't beer was still expensive um i didn't have but i remember i'm, I'm off the sauce that's right so man you're still off the sauce good um yeah so it was it was uh interesting yeah and there was like 17 dollar beers bro 
It's wild. And I saw this girl. I thought, what? I saw this girl walk by me, like just trashed. Yeah, you know she was spilling like her seventeenth. Like she's like, like bro, you just spilled like eight beer. bucks out of here. I was dying laughing, man. I, like this You're poor like, girl, man. Her friends were trying to help her walk. She <laughs> oh was just spilling God. beer everywhere. People it, act it was a fool, like, man. It was only like the third inning. I'm like, how long have you been drinking? Like, man, they started early <sighs> before yeah. they come in the game. People are wild, man. I mean, you um, got to just get wasted if you go yeah. to the Mariners game. Yeah, <laughs> to suffer through. Uh, but uh, so, so you got? Did you wear your mask the whole time? Yeah. Unless we were like in our seats, then you I could take that. it down. And it was kind of cool, man, because there was this car, like few. I, I don't know how many people. I nobody watches Mariners games, but in center field, there's a car that, like, I think if they hit the car with a home run or something, they it, a fan wins the car, maybe, mm. or maybe the player wins. I don't know. It was like some Nissan SUV, and it was right behind us, but like at an angle, so it like cut anybody off from being able to come up. Oh, cool. Like right next to, I was like, hell yeah, this just is great. all alone, just chilling. Yep, it was great. And then I and we realized it was a nice night, right? Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was. I mean, I know it gets yeah. a little cold at night, but no, it was it was pretty good, man. It was uh, nice weather. We were having nice weather that week, and so I haven't been to a sporting event other than like youth sports, man. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting though. Like, I mean, yeah, they they were posting signs everywhere to to wear your mask. And, yeah. Um, unless you were like in your seat, like actively eating and drinking is what they said. So I just brought one of those, uh, like things that you can put around your neck and just pull up over your face. I don't know what they're called. It's not really called gators. Gators. I had a gator. Uh, so that worked. Yeah. Janelle and later gator on. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, man. So the, uh, Brandon, I had reached out, um, to a gentleman named Alan Fry who, is a triathlete he was doing like crazy Ironmans in Alaska in like frigid temperature it just it's crazy man he he has a, a an insane story like just got injured on a, a training bicycle ride basically on mm-hmm. a you know he's doing like an 80 mile training ride Dang. so you know he goes hard but he uh, actually got an experimental drug during like immediately after and you know, where, kind was of he, where was he injured at in ohio huh. and he was taken to ohio state gotcha and they just happened to have this experimental drug which i have i got an experimental drug like right after my that's right injury after they airlifted me to uh harborview hospital in seattle shout out harborview for keeping me alive um but they thought i was going to be you know on a ventilator all kinds of stuff and Showed think, them, didn't you? Yeah, this, and I can't remember what the name of the experimental drug is off the top of my head, but uh, I'll find out. I think we've talked about it before on the Well, we've talked about it, but we didn't get the name, I don't think. Yeah, anyway, so, uh, it's, yeah, it's cool, man. He he's And now he's doing really, really well. He had a lot of, uh, like, within, you know, I'm, I'm going to just let him tell tell the story, but it's uh, it's an interesting one for sure. So I hope you guys enjoy this. We will talk to you on the other side. This week on the Live to Walk Again podcast, we are excited to visit with Alan Fry, who's a triathlete, uh, C4 quadriplegic, and was uh, named America's fittest trucker at one point. Alan, welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you having me on, Jeremy. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. So, um, you know, I, I've been able to read a couple of articles about your about your story and, and how you were injured. And, you know, can you tell anybody that's that's listening that doesn't know everything about what, what had happened to you, how exactly you, you got hurt? Well, I was uh, actually training, like my whole entire focus of my life at that point was qualify for the uh, Ironman World Championships. And that's what I was doing that morning. I was on an 80-mile training ride. It was the first day uh, that I actually rode outside that year because I'd done all my training inside prior to that because I was in Columbus, Ohio. And I went out on a rural bike path. Uh, it was a rail to trail. They took up the train tracks, put down an asphalt path. And it was a nice, safe way, I thought, to, to get my ride in for the day. So I was out there cruising. I was about uh, an hour into my ride and clipping along about 22 to 23 miles an hour, trying to keep it uh, steady for the 80 miles. And just enjoying the day. Everybody used to tell me, you know, look around out there and enjoy the day. So I was looking around in the woods. I was going through 
And as I looked forward, uh, about maybe 20 feet at the most, probably more like 10 feet in front of me, was a tree laying across the path that I didn't see, uh, you know, and obviously in time. So I jumped on the brakes real quick, and that was about all the time I had. And the, I heard the fork snapping off the bike uh, in my carbon fiber bike. And the next thing I knew, I, I woke up on, you know, on the ground uh, on my back. Um, I reached over for my cell phone because I knew I couldn't, you know, I couldn't move. And uh, I reached over for my cell phone, which was on my right hand uh, upper arm. And my brain told my body that my arm was right here and I was trying to find my phone, but I couldn't feel it. So I looked down, when I glanced down, my arm wasn't even there. As I looked over to this side, I watched it just flop over to the left. And that was, that was the last I moved. That was the last I moved. Wow, wow. So how, how did you end up getting, you know, you're in a pretty remote area, it sounds like. How did you end up getting medical attention? Yeah, I tell, I, you know, I tell people that I won the lottery of spinal cord injuries, and, and I'm sure we'll touch on that more, you know, as this conversation goes on. But, you know, one of the first things was I was lucky enough that somebody, some guy was jogging along that path and had jogged out of the, the nearest town uh, and had come towards me. And, you know, so the guy found me, um, you know, he's like, well, let me get your bike out from your, under your legs. I said, no, dude, don't even touch me. You know, at this point, I knew something was dramatically wrong. And, and so he called 911 and they, uh, they called Life Flight right away and they Life Flighted me down to, down to Columbus, Ohio. Ohio State University. Wow. Wow. And I know I read in one of the articles uh, about your story that your wife, um, I guess, pretty newlywed wife had been out on her own jogging trip that day and, and actually saw the life flight helicopter that and had a really uneasy feeling and then got the got right. back to her car and found out that it was it was, yeah, it was kind of crazy that, you know, she hadn't planned on going up there that day, but um, I had shown her that area because it was up where I grew up. I'd shown her that path and, and everything, and she decided to, uh, at the last minute, to go up there and, and, and run around the college and everything, and uh, then she was running out toward towards where I actually was, and of course she had no idea where I was on the path at the time, and she, yeah, she watched the helicopter take off. Um, no idea that I was on it, uh, you know, didn't go up to the, to the medical people and ask anything, any questions. She just assumed it was, uh, you know, either a car accident or somebody had a heart attack, you know, locally. And uh, yeah, so if that guy hadn't have found me, uh, she probably would have been the one to actually find me. Oh, wow. Wow. So, yeah. And, and this is kind of where um, I wanted to, to touch because of the, the experimental drug that you were administered. Uh, so how, I guess, kind of what's the course of events that happens? You get airlifted to Columbus, Ohio. And how, how long after, I mean, are they ready to take you into surgery right away? What, what's the kind of timeline of events that happened yeah, so from there? I think, I think the accident happened about 9.15, uh, 9.30 in the morning, something like that. Um, and, and again, this is reoccurring theme of me winning the lottery of the spinal cord injuries. Uh, not that that's one you wanted to win, but, uh, you know, I'd rather be lucky than good sometimes. And so Life Flight took me to Ohio State University. Uh, there's another neuro place down there, uh, Ohio Health, and they're a great, great facility. But Ohio State University, Dr. Fahardi was doing this study, and, and they just gotten to the point where they're ready to start, uh, you know, on live candidates. And I was the first guy, you know. I they they heard me coming in on Life Flight, you know, and they they ran to the hospital on their day off and and found me as I was getting off. And so then, yeah, we of course went to MRI first and, and found out what the damage was done. And I actually, what happened is I hit my head as I flipped over the handlebars and then my body rotated over and I hyperextended and broke my C3, 4, 5, and 6. And then the spinal cord was damaged at the C4 level. And as I came out of that, the doctors kind of explained what they were going to do. And, and again, I, I was, you know, very lucky as you learn more about spinal cord injuries, you know, if they can go into the front and do this fusion there, it's a lot easier than if they have to go through the back and use the rods. And, and they did, they went right in here and they, uh, in, in my throat, and they went in and fused my C4 and C5 together and relieved the pressure the best they could. But before I went into the surgery, uh, that's when Dr. Pahardi had talked to me and, and his staff, and they kind of explained what, what happened is, and for the people that are, that are listening, um, there's a diabetic drug called gliburide 
And one of the interesting side effects, as Dr. Party puts it, is they, they've discovered that it, it eliminates microbleeding in the brain of stroke patients. And so his thought process was, well, maybe that will eliminate the microbleeding in the spinal cord once it's been damaged. Because a lot of us know in the initial damage, typically days later, your, your, your damage becomes worse because the, the, the uh, swelling that's in the spinal cord, and that's why it's so important to de- you know, to take that swelling off first. Sorry about that. No, it's all good. So, so yeah, what happens when your spinal cord is damaged over the next several days, the damage actually becomes worse because of the, the swelling in the cord. And so I took the MRI the day my, uh, of my accident. And of course they discussed the whole thing with me. And, and I told him at the time, I said, uh, you know, that's fine. That's uh, much like this. If it can help me, that's great. But if it can help other people, that's you know, even better. And so two days later, they took another MRI of my spinal cord and there was no additional damage done. Wow. So again, there's, here's where the lottery story comes in, you know, that I was, I was able to, you know, at the time I had no movement. I, I mean, I think I could like twitch my elbow, my left elbow. And, uh, I, and so I really was, uh, you know, completely par- paralyzed, not, not a complete spinal cord injury, obviously, but, uh, you know, I wasn't moving at all. And then I spent a week in ICU and then went to Dodd Rehabilitation Hospital, which is a part of Ohio State University as well. And we started working through the process. Wow. wow. So are you left-handed then? Is that, you think that's why you're not? No, I'm right-handed, but I'm left-handed now, you know, right. okay. uh, on the podcast, I can't see, I have pretty good hand function on my left. Yeah. Uh, or it's, you know, it's not there. Like if I go to salute, my fingers don't line up properly. Okay. Uh, Right hand is, you know, typical kind of clawed up a little bit, like a lot of quads have. Um, right. It is functional. My right, my right side is more affected. My right leg is more affected. My right arm is more affected. Okay. So, are they still monitoring you then? For the, you know, because you said you mentioned you're the first person that actually received this drug and i guess I, i'm blanking on the name now but i know it's a diabetic yeah, it's glibride and it's glibride. a yeah it's a experimental use uh you know again it's been used for diabetics for for years uh and so it was yeah a part of an experimental use study and they monitored me monitored me for uh the first couple of years you know and plus well i've moved away from ohio as well so it'd be a lot more difficult but I have talked to them uh, a couple of times since we moved down here. And yeah, they, they've, they've tried the studies in other people. One of the biggest problems with the study is it's so hard to administer within the right amount of time. Right. If taken me to the local hospital first and then sent me to Columbus, I wouldn't have qualified. I would have been too late because the drug had to be administered within like, like between like three to eight hours, three to six hours, something like that, if I remember right. So to find somebody that has the spinal cord injury, you know, do it an accident or whatever, and have them be awake to be able to have that discussion and have them show up at the right hospital, you know, all, everything had to align uh, for this to happen. And that's, you know, why I feel I'm so lucky to take part in it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, yeah, it seems like it's a good way to describe it. Winning the, winning the spinal cord injury lottery for sure. I mean, that's a, uh... You definitely lucked out being able to to get get that uh, all. You know, a lot of a lot of the focus. In place. Yeah, a lot of the focus is is put on uh, what, what they call chronic injuries. Like you know, after somebody's three to five years out, let's find a cure for paralysis. And and you know, a lot of focus is put there because that's where everybody is, right? It, but this is was a case for trying to treat uh, what they call acute, um, you know, spinal cord injury, which may, means it just happened right away and and i see the point for both parts of of, of the um you know the, the studies and, and and the searches for for cures because if somebody does get hurt and we can do something to stop that damage right away or or you know maybe cure paralysis at that point i think it's it's so much it's so good for, to help those people out so that they don't have to put up basically with what we've done you know i mean so that, that, that's, I've seen a, a lot of people, they, they, they criticize the study because they, they think we should put more effort into 
you know, curing paralysis, meaning people that are three to four, five years out or and beyond. But I think it's I think it's equally as important. And I'm glad to have been able to take part in the study for sure, because I, I really credit that with uh, along with a lot of the other therapies that I took part with um, and, you know, me being able to function as highly as I do. Yeah, no, that that's uh, that's great. And so I I don't I can't remember if you answered this already, but is it I know obviously it needs the perfect kind of set of circumstances around it to be administered, but are they still working on a study or has it been approved now for use with spinal yeah, injuries? Do you know? I don't know what the status is, but the, the hope was that they would be able to because glibiride is actually such a benign drug, really. Uh, the hope was that they could actually have it on the squads. And so this would be a way that if somebody had a spinal cord injury or, you know, or a suspected spinal cord injury, that they could administer it right on site on the way to the hospital and get, and get that started. Uh, because like the doctor told me, like the worst side effect basically was my blood sugar would drop and they would just shoot some, some glucose into the IV and, and, you know, bring it back up. So it was just an attempt at finding a, a, a simple way to either either arrest or, or help uh, eliminate, you know, the additional damage being done. And I really don't know the status of the study at this point. I know you can Google it under Ohio State University. Okay, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll try to look that up and include it with the podcast here so people can check that out. I wanted to know, you said that, uh, I guess, a day or two after um, the surgery and the administration of the drug, that they did another MRI and you didn't have much, if any at all, further damage from, from the bleeding and swelling. Uh, what did the doctors kind of tell you to expect? I mean, obviously with the, the drug, they, they didn't really, really know because you're the first person, but I mean, just as suffering a spinal cord injury, like what did they tell you to expect? And then kind of what were the results uh, over the next few days and weeks after your injury? Yeah, it's one of the one of the oddities to me when I hear people say, "Oh, they told me you never walk again. They told me you won't be able to do this." You know, I I never experienced that from any of the doctors. Uh, they they would always say, "We don't know. We you know, with spinal cord injuries, it takes time to develop and figure out what's you know what kind of function you will get back." The the most brutally honest thing that Doctor Fahardi said to my wife and I, which and it was true, is you you know your lives have changed forever. And, and that is the truth. And I think that's a safe truth, you know? Um, so yeah, they didn't have any idea of what would happen. Actually about five weeks into it, Dr. Fahardi came back into the hospital and was checking out my, my progress. And he was just flat blown away. He said, I've seen, you know, and we know you can't predict a spinal cord injury of what it will do and not do. But he said, we've, you know, he's, he's 20 some years. He says, I never would have expected at five weeks for you to be able to do what you're doing right now. He says, five months, maybe five weeks, no way. And okay. so was, yeah. So where were you at five? Like what, what were you uh, able to do five weeks in? So five weeks into rehab, which would have been six weeks post-accident because I spent a you know, week in ICU. Um, I could, I could lift my left leg up off of the bed I was doing body weight supported uh, treadmill training, uh, you know, doing some walking with people helping with my right leg more and some with my left leg. Um, I was attempting to use a forearm walker, but my, my arms were, my legs came back first. My left leg came back first. My arms, especially my right arm and my right hand, I had nothing. And so it was really difficult to, to brace up on a forearm walker and, and try to use it. Um, so, but I, I so, so yeah, I could walk a little bit. You'll see in that video uh, of, uh, from the 10 TV interview that I was in without any devices, just a gate belt and one guy, you know, kind of being there. So I didn't face plant and, and help steady me. So yeah, it was pretty incredible to, to, to get to that point. Um, it took a lot longer again for my arms to come back. And, and obviously this one still has the right arm still hasn't come back, but. Yeah. Wow. That, that's very impressive. And so, and I guess how much do they attribute to the, to the drug versus, you know, just your spinal cord, you know, you're regaining movement after, after the spinal cord injury, have they really looked at it from that, that kind of perspective? Yeah, I think they tried to, but you know, it's difficult to, to put all of the things in and they, they joked about how they should actually have taken me out of the study because I'm such, I was such an outlier at the time. 
you know, coming in and as good of physical conditioning as I, as I was, and not only that, but the mental mindset to be able to raise to, at that level, uh, you know, my, I mean, the dedication and just that, that, uh, you know, open mindset and everything. They said that, that really, they, because of that, it's really hard to predict like what exactly happened. Again, I, I, I got everything. It was a shotgun approach. You know, I got the glitter ride. I had the positive mental attitude the whole time. You know, John Joseph, he's a, he's a pretty cool dude. He was a, a he's a punk rocker from the eighties. And, you know, he wrote a book about what he called PMA, positive mental attitude. So I was really into that a lot. And uh, with the therapies that I got with the body weight support treadmill training there at Dodd Rehabilitation Center, uh, you know, Reeves Foundation, they really brought that into America. And just all of those things rolled together. It's, it's hard to say what worked, you know, and I think it's just a little bit of everything worked really well. Yeah, definitely. Um, so were they immediately after, you know, like, I guess a weekend after you're out of the ICU and I don't, I can't remember now if you already said how long before you were able to lift your left leg up. So I was able to roll my ankle, my left ankle around, roll my foot around, uh, probably about, I would say three weeks post accident. Oh, wow. Okay. So up to then though, you're just like, going through therapy yeah they're trying to get me to sit up you know they're helping me sit up and and in that sitting position uh you know which was i just i don't know how other people felt at that point but to me it was still almost like an out-of-body experience it just didn't feel real and you know you're trying to get used to your new body anyways Uh, but they would sit me up and i would make goals we even had a whiteboard uh in my room and it was just like with my iron man training I had short-term, medium-term, long-term goals. And, you know, maybe my short-term goal for the, for the week was um, that I wanted to be able to um, sit up by myself for five seconds. And maybe the next time it would be 30 seconds or whatever that was. And so I really worked through the, those short-term goals. And, and that, yeah, so in the beginning, it was just trying to sit up. Uh, and then eventually they would try to stand up. I had the blood pressure issues like I think all of us did. Yeah. I, I increased the salt in my diet, started taking Sudafed, anything to help boost that up a little bit. Um, you know, I did the inversion table, you know, or the incline table, uh-huh. uh, the incline table, you know, so that it would get to the point where they increase the time at each degree. And, you know, this is the same, probably the same thing that most every person's went through with this, but uh, yeah. And it just, I was able to keep progressing and I had a great crew there. They kept challenging me. And they would ask me, you know, hey, do you think you can do this today? And I said, I, you know, I don't know, but let's try. And just had that attitude. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, talk about the, I guess you kind of touched on it for a second there about, I guess, the transformation that your life took in that four years prior to your accident that the doctors think might have had a, a you know, big impact on, on helping the drug work more and and all the gains you were able to make uh, coming back from, from the spinal cord injury. Yeah. I went from a, I went from a 300 pound two pack a day smoker, you know, to, um, to, to a guy that was, had an honest shot at qualifying for the Ironman world championships, you know? Uh, And so it was just a lot of, I I dabbled in and out throughout my life. I would get fit and then, and then I would just get fat and and smoke again and, you know, go back and forth, yo-yo. And I finally just had that final decision. Uh, at one point, I, I stopped saying, saying, I'll never be that guy. And I started saying, well, why not me? And that was one of the big life changes, of, big moments of my life that changed my life is when I changed that attitude in myself of instead of why me, it was why not me, you know? And so I said, well, if these other guys are doing it, then I can do it. And, and I started working on it and focusing and had showed more tenacity and I got a great coach and uh, I didn't aim for jumping over the fence. I aimed for jumping over the moon. And I figured, you know, if I can, if I can aim for the stars, I can, and I might miss, but I can at least kick the moon's ass on the way by, you know, <laughs> so that was kind of, that was kind of what I tried to do. And, and yeah, I, I you know, I, I started making the progresses and I had a lot of people that would, that I used to, run with and, and they they were shocked and it what i was starting to achieve and you know my 
I went from being the last guy out of the water on my first triathlon. Well, next to the last guy, there was a, a guy about 68 to 70 years old, had one arm. He was the only guy that I beat out of the triathlon. And I mean, and, and when I say that, he was on my heels. Right? <laughs> and so the year before my accident, I came out of the water first in my age group, you know. Nice. And nice. so it was just that 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 dedication and that and that hard work and again that positive mental attitude that you know hey I can I can do this why not me and that was one of the things that I never I never had after the accident you know and I understand people have it they have that why me moment well I knew why me because I had my head up my butt instead of looking forward and seeing the tree you know and so I knew that was why it happened you know and things happen in life and we can't focus on that we had to focus on what's next and what we can do next to, to, to make those improvements. And again, I'm thankful for my mental attitude coming off the Ironman training and, and heading into that. Yeah. That, I mean, that's gotta be a, a huge factor. I mean, just being able to kind of push out those, those dark thoughts that come in after this injury for a lot of people. And, you know, everybody has their, their dark moments. It's like, who can, can really overcome that, that, that makes the difference, I think. So that that's pretty cool. Um, I wanted to know too, I, in one of the articles I read about your, about your kind of journey, it talked about how you were a big motivator and the nurses would come in and be like, I went to the gym this, you know, like take it easy on me. I went to the gym this morning or something like that. Um, and, and even you were able to kind of talk to some of the other people who are newly injured that you know we're kind of going through some dark times and, and kind of motivate them you know talk just talk about like that i guess yeah, I think, your influence you know, on on other people like that yeah i mean you know again like you say everybody says oh, we all have our dark times i i don't like it when people say we have bad days because every day isn't good or bad it's what we make of it and and i'm not going to say that it's all been rainbows and unicorns for me but I've adopted, uh, I call it the five second rule. You know, if you drop a food on the floor and, and people will say, oh, five seconds means it's okay, it's safe. You can go ahead and put it in your mouth and whether or not it is going. <laughs> we say that, right? Right. And so I say that with my, with my mental attitude as well. I have those times where I am tired of being quadriplegic. I'm done with it. Even with the malfunction I have, trust me, there's, you know, there, I have my own personal set of issues. And anytime I start to have those darker thoughts, I, I figure if it doesn't last longer than five seconds, it can't hurt me. And so at the five second mark, I say, okay, we've thought about that long enough. Now we make a change and, and, and change the, the attitude and change the thought process. And, you know, I tried to take that to, to everybody that was seeing me and they were seeing my progress. And I understand I was making huge progress. Uh, I'm, I'm one of the 1% or, or however many it is, you know, the lucky guys. And so everybody's excited to talk to me. And as you can tell, I'm, I'm not really a difficult one to, to chat. So <laughs> I get long-winded, so I apologize about battle. Oh, no, no, you're great. This is great. But uh, so, yeah, they would come in. And, of course, I was in primo condition at the, at the time. And so they would start asking me questions, you know, because people, when people, people don't like where they are and they see somebody where they want to be, or closer, they'll ask those questions. And so, yeah, I would get involved with uh, several of the nurses. They would ask nutritional things because my wife actually, we brought a lot of my own food in. They put a small mini fridge in my room. I brought a lot of food in at the time. Um, you know, I was pretty, I was, I was, I would say strongly vegetarian at the time. And it wasn't, it wasn't like a, you know, a, an anti-meat thing. It was just, I had been playing around with veganism and vegetarianism with uh, my training. And so I continued that with the, the, after my spinal cord injury. And so they would ask me questions about the food I was eating and stuff. And yeah, they would, they would say, oh yeah, I went to the gym this morning or I walked, you know, a mile last night or I, you know, I ate something I've never had before. It was healthier. So that was a lot of fun. And yeah, because I was able to have that positive attitude all of the time, um, there was one particular person a couple of the patients, they would talk, talk to me too. You know, we would chat in, in therapy and stuff. And I found out later that, that they really, you know, it had a positive influence on them, which is probably one of the best feelings you can have, right? It's the yeah. positive 
impact somebody else's life when they're going through a world of crap. And so there was one particular dude that was there and yeah, it was, you know, he was a, he was a football player and, you know, he used to have that drive and for what reason? Well, I mean, obviously the, his accident, you know, he lost a bit of that and yeah, I went down and, and kind of heard through the grapevine about him and I went down and introduced myself, asked if I could chat with him and yeah, I talked to him and his whole family and, uh, you know, it was, it was great. Yeah. He, he came out of there the next day, raring to go and hitting physical therapy. And trust me, I still follow him on social media. The dude is not giving up. I mean, he's just, a, he's an animal and, and that's really good for him, you know? And I'm not saying that that was all me by any means, but to have just a, just a little bit of positive influence on him. That was, that was pretty cool as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Alan, what is your, current uh like physical what are your capabilities now as you i think you mentioned before we started recording that you're you can walk pretty well um and and you've said during the interview here that your right kind of your right side is a little weaker than than your left but like what kind of i guess what are what's your most difficult mobility issues so I, I've got pretty good balance and I, I attribute that to a lot of the physical therapy that we did you know that they, they really did a lot of balance issues and, and things with me. Um, I do have toe drop on my right, uh, my right side uh, a little bit, but I don't have to use an AFO. Uh, I can, I can walk. And like the other day, I, I did a mile comfortably in about 22 minutes. I mean, I can go faster than that. Once after my accident on the treadmill, I actually walked a 5k in 54 minutes, which is, you know, 3.1 miles. 56 minutes sorry 56 so yeah so you know that was that's pretty pretty quick I mean that's faster than a 20 minute mile for for three of them um so you know I don't walk quite that fast anymore I started using a mobility scooter uh it's just getting a good way to get around a lot faster I can jog I have a German Shepherd a 95 pound German Shepherd is my service dog that I've trained and so I can use the mobility scooter to to get him on longer walks my wife and I can walk together but yeah, I, I, again, I can walk. Uh, it would not be out of uh, difficult for me to walk a mile. After that, I get pretty freaking fatigued. You know, again, yeah. I would assume you can understand this as well as it's it's just so fatiguing to put those kind of efforts out there. And so yeah, I mean, I could walk two miles today, but then I would probably have to nap for the next twenty four hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's understandable. That, that's great, though, that you, I, I mean, got so much function back after, after the accident. And, you know, yeah, I do, no, you know, the one thing for me is, is uh, don't get me wrong. I, I never want this to come across wrong. I, I am blessed and, and grateful that I can walk. And, you know, and I understand how much of a positive impact that has in my life. But one of the bigger things that I say uh, to people is that I gained my independence back. You know, I was able to use, you know, physical therapy, they get all the trophies, they get the, the fireworks and the rainbows, the, the OTs, the occupational therapists, those guys, they're in the trenches teaching people how to feed themselves, how to dress themselves, how to do all the stuff and trying to explain to me as a new injury where I'm like, I can't move my arms. What do you mean? Put my shirt on. Uh, so I give those guys so much credit and, uh, you know, for, for giving my independence back, you know, I can go to the grocery store now on my own. I can drive, I can buy the food, I can bring it home. I can cook a nice meal for my wife and I. So, you know, these are all the, the, just things that I'm grateful for every day, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I know uh, before we started recording, also, you, you had mentioned, I, I asked you if it, it seemed like you were down in a more tropical location than Ohio. So you talk about that, that, you know, like kind of why you said you moved down to South Florida after the, after the accident, even though you can walk around, you were dealing with some issues. So t- tell us a little bit about that. So yes, yeah, most, most quads will, will can tell you, and uh, especially the, those of us that walk, um, you know, you get into cold situations, your, our body doesn't react properly to cold and heat. And so obviously in heat, we have to be careful, but in cold is also dangerous, especially for me, I would really get, my spasticity would really increase and my body would, would just lock up. My muscles would contract in and I would lock up. And 
So for me to try to walk at that point became really dangerous because the first thing that goes away in my walking is my dorsiflexion on that right side. And so the toe drop becomes way more pronounced and it's a huge, you know, fall risk. And that and, you know, the gray skies and all of that, uh, my wife and I had a discussion and she Googled affordable beach living in South Florida. And here we are at Pompano Beach. Uh, we're just north of Fort Lauderdale, about six miles. And yeah, man, we, we, we love it. We live on the, on the uh, ocean. Um, we're in a, a 17th floor of a condo building. And I can look over out of my window right there. That's the intercoastal. I'm watching boats go up and down as we're having a you know, discussion. And if I look out the door over on this side, uh, that's the Atlantic Ocean. Wow. That's very cool, man. That's very cool. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, I can, uh, I, I know exactly what you're talking about with the, the spasms and, and all of that sort of thing. And being up here in Washington state, like I mentioned, we don't get extreme cold, but just kind of the gray and, and wet, uh, the wet cold is, is what does it to me too. So I, I can completely understand. And speaking of cold, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to hear, I, I know I watched a video about this Alaska extreme triathlon that you had participated in, I guess, the day before you got married, which was about eight or nine months before your accident. So tell us about that. Cause I want, this thing is insane. And I mean, just the fact that you were able to, to accomplish and, and compete, complete this was you're, you're, you're a monster, man. So yeah. Tell, tell us about the uh, Alaska extreme triathlon. Yeah, that was uh, the 2017 Alaska man extreme triathlon. Uh, I'll try to tell this, this story real quick. So some backstory to that. I noticed that they, these extreme triathlons started coming up <laughs> and they're all, they all involve a very cold swim, uh, typically a, a tough bike and, and a mountain run. And we were actually looking at one in Scotland, but you know, financially that was, that was a lot of money to be able to travel to do that. And this one popped up in Alaska called the Alaska man extreme triathlon. And I told my wife one, well, at the time girlfriend, you know, I said my, we were living together and I said, uh, yeah, here's a look at this Alaska Man Extreme Triathlon. We can go up and race. We can have, you know, a good adventure. That was what we love to do is have adventures like that. And she said, yeah, that'd be a great place to get married. And it just my, uh, you know, panic set in. Really. <laughs> um, oh, gosh, she used the M word. And, and uh, you know, as, as I thought about it over the next couple of weeks, I thought, you know what, that's a great idea. And so I waited until the, the race sign up and I signed up for it. And uh, a week or so after the registration was set, I had this little diamond ring from, you know, that I had bought and I proposed to her. And of course, obviously she said yes. And I showed her the entry for Alaska Man Extreme Triathlon. And she says, well, that's cool. But she looked kind of inquisitively at me. And I said, well, remember you said that would be a great place to get married. And she goes, I don't remember saying that. <laughs> That's one of our big, big little marriage shows, I guess. So, um, yeah, the next year, July 2017, I went and up to Alaska, uh, Seward, Alaska, which is right on um, Resurrection Bay. And the morning of the race was a 2.7 mile swim in Resurrection Bay. Uh, we got a lot of funny looks from people trying to figure out why these idiots were going to go get in the water up there. Uh, I think the water temp started at like the low 50s and halfway through the, the swim, it was it dropped actually into the 40s because of a glacial waterfall that runs into the into the bay there. And we literally got in and, at Miller's Point and two and a half miles away was a, a fire truck where they put the ladder up and they put the spotlight at us. And that was the only thing that we had to uh, sight off of uh, at 4.30 in the morning when it was just twilight. And so, yeah, we all got in the water and the gun went off and we just started swimming towards that light. Uh, I'd like to tell you that I did a, a fantastic swim, but man, it was a suck fast. It was so cold. I've been that cold in my life. I actually popped my head out and looked for a kayak and I thought, man, I might not be able to hack this. I mean, I, it was so cold. But luckily, there wasn't a kayak near me. So, you know, like Dory says, just keep swimming. And there I went. And I eventually came out of the water. And it took us a full 20 minutes to transition onto the bike. That was just to try to get out of the wetsuit, to try to get warmed up and get dressed into warm clothing. And, you know, and then get on a bike on the Seward Highway, which is 
you know, a pretty dangerous place. Like they have wide shoulders, but they always having accidents on there and start a 112 mile bike up the Seward Highway up to Girdwood, Alaska. And once you got there, got off and then would um, start the run. And the first 13 miles of the run was some was pretty flat. It was a uh, rail to trail or, or it was like a bike trail. So it wasn't bad, it was asphalt. And then we had uh, six miles on the Nordic trail. It's a Nordic trip skiing trail. Uh, of course, there's no snow on the ground at this point. It's July, it was warm. And then the last seven miles was like 3,000 feet up Mount Elieska, 3,000 feet back to the bottom and 3,000 feet back up to the top, to the finish line. I mean, you're literally the first ascent you're looking at the finish line, it's 50 yards away, but you have to go clear down to the bottom of the mountain and come clear back up a path to actually get to it. So that was kind of, that was a little brutal icing on the cake, you know, but right. uh, yeah. And so then we we did, and I didn't have the race that I wanted that day. It was pretty bad. I, I was like really tired. Uh, I finished top 100. I was hoping to finish top 50, um, but I was just, it was, it was an incredible race that I was just was so tired. We found out three days later, that uh, I had bought some ibuprofen to take during the race to, to keep muscle aches down and things. Uh, found out three days later, I bought the wrong stuff. I, brought, I bought ibuprofen PM. So oh, I, no. Yeah, so I actually took three sleep pills in the middle of the bike run, of, of the bike leg. Oh, then, my God. Then I took two more before the start of the Nordic track part of the run. So I had a total of five ibuprofen pm pills in me and i did that i still finished top 100 so that's pretty amazing alan that is pretty amazing yeah it's like you know if you're going to be stupid you might as well make it epic and laugh at it so <laughs> yeah i got off of that you the youtube video i um i was cold just watching you guys swim in that uh that oh yeah i mean that chilly water that that was uh that looked terrible so <laughs> it was funny because a lot of people like dropped out of the race before the race happened because like a, a month or something like that before a couple months before the race somebody put up a video of killer whales breaching in Resur in resurrection bay oh yeah because wow. they, 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 that's their home they swim there you know sea lions uh seals you know different species of whales salmon sand salmon sharks they all they all live up in that little area you know and they've never seen humans in mass to get into that water and, and go for a swim. So, you know, and then we had the bears on the trail that we had to watch out for. Everybody had to carry bear spray. And wow. Yeah, yeah. That, that's definitely extreme, man. That is, that's the definition of extreme, I would say. Uh, yeah. One lady, she, her son, she had an autistic son and they were doing a trail race uh, about a month before this race. And yeah, he got off trail and he actually got attacked and killed by a bear. There was oh my God. miles, about two miles from where we were running. And she still went through and did that race. So, you know, I, I have props to her for that. Yeah, that's that's scary for sure. Uh, so, you know, the last couple of questions here for you, Alan, I wanted to know, um, number one, is there any kind of like supplements or health tips that are a little outside the box that, um, you've found that have helped you um, in, you know, any kind of yeah. angle toward the spinal cord injury side of things that, you know, over the last few years since, since your accident that, that you think might, might benefit other, other folks with dealing with this injury? Yeah, I think it's, it's again, it's so much of, you know, we, we try a lot of things and we can never pinpoint exactly what has helped or what hasn't helped. Uh, I know early on, I started doing a lot of research. I was already uh, drinking mushroom coffee. Uh, so I, I continued doing that because there are some certain mushrooms that um, they say help with the nervous system and, and, uh, and regeneration and things like that. So I was drinking a lot of that in the beginning. Um, I Just the clean eating, you know, there's a guy on Instagram, check him out, Paralysis Assassin. Um, he's a great one to talk to about things like that. He, he's uh, really into a lot of the natural homeopathic type of remedies and things like that. I think the big thing is clean eating, especially for me as, as and, and a lot of my fellow walking quads know, you have to stay fit. 
Um, and that means keeping your body weight in check. You know, I let myself go a little bit and I realized how much more difficult that makes my walking, you know, 10 to 20 pounds extra. That's a lot of weight to carry around a long time for, for a, an able-bodied person. But then you throw the spinal cord injury and, and all of those aspects in as well. And it definitely, it's important to keep yourself physically fit, continue the workouts, uh, you know, at whatever level of function you are, do what you can. You know, I used to, when I laid in bed at the rehab hospital, every time I could get one, my wrist to move or my arm to move, I would just sit there and watch TV and just move it constantly. And we just have to have those huge repetitions. But as far as nutrition, I think it's just good, clean eating, you know, watch the sugar intake and keep, you know, plenty of good veggies and, and things into us. Because we haven't even talked about bowel, bladder, and sexual functions. But, you know, when I, I'm lucky, I've, I've been able to, you know, be able to, I can pee on my own. I don't have to cath. And for the bowel function, you know, it's so important to have a good fiber-rich diet. And that really helps keep things uh, literally moving through through our, our because our, our systems are paralyzed as well as the muscles, right? Yeah. So I, that's the biggest thing for me is just good, clean eating. I don't, I wouldn't put my finger on any particular supplement or any particular, um, you know, uh, uh, nutrient. Uh, I just say, you know, cover, cover your bases, cover them cleanly and, and try to stay active. No, that's, that's great advice for sure. Uh, and then, you know, last question here for you, Alan, I was wondering, so what, what are you doing now? And like, what are your plans for the future? Um, I mean, I know, obviously, you're not training with 25 hours a week or whatever it was that, that the, the article said that you'd been been doing training for uh, working to get to that Ironman World Championship. Um, you know, what, what are your what are your goals? What are your plans for the future? Well, right now, I am absolutely rocking it as a trophy husband. Um, <laughs> that can be a lot of hard work. Uh, but no, I'm lucky. My wife is able to work from home. Uh, you know, I, I'm on, I am on disability. Um, and with all of our, just our choices that we've made and, and, you know, again, we're grateful that we've made good choices and we've, we've had positive, uh, things happen around us and we're here at the ocean. Uh, we kind of took a year off, I'll be honest, you know, and, and well with COVID and all of that stuff hitting, we, we really got away from it and we just took a, a year to, I call it decompress after all, all that we've been through. I mean, you know, I'm looking, I just cel celebrated, I had air quotes, I just celebrated my three-year uh, broke anniversary, you know, so yeah, it's just been three years now. So I'm still yeah. somewhat fresh and, you know, according to a lot of people. And so we took a year and we just, uh, we just breathed a little bit and we didn't worry about it. And I am getting back into it now. One aspect I'd like to be able to touch on if I could, and I'm sorry for running over. No, no, go take your time, whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, one of the aspects that I didn't talk about is after I got out of Dodd uh, Hospital at Ohio State University, I served in the Air Force for a few years uh, back in, in the 80s, in the late 80s to, to 90. And as such, I, I didn't have any claim to any benefits through the VA, except the VA actually has a spinal cord injury uh, group or, or, or a, a section, section, I should say. Since I was served and, and had an honorable discharge, and this goes for anybody that has served and have an honorable discharge, um, I got into, into the, their spinal cord group or this, their, their spinal cord section. And so they took me up to Cleveland to the VA and I got to spend another six weeks in hospital at the Cleveland VA. And then after I went home from there, they paid for a year of outpatient therapy back at Ohio State University at my hometown. And they've provided me with so much. And I just want to say thank you, huge thank you to the VA for everything they do for, for the spinal cord people. Um, I have a, a nice hand cycle, top end RX hand cycle. I just recently got a top end um, uh, push chair, racing chair. With nice. so, so I can work on it inside. Uh, my mobility scooter is from the VA. Uh, I also have a, a rugby chair. And I play quad rugby. Uh, I played up in Columbus and I played down here before COVID. And so, yeah, the, the, they cover me 100%. Any medical needs that I have, any drugs that I that I need, which I've been able to get off of all of them. I, I was taking gabapentin for 
uh, up until last year. And I was able to finally get off of that. And yeah, the VA, they just do a fantastic job for the spinal cord. And they, they use that all of their knowledge from that to help the other, the, uh, the wounded warriors that come back from the wars and things like that. So I'm again, so grateful. And this is where I've won that spinal cord lottery to be able to be in the, the VA system and be cared for by them for the rest of my life. And I'm just so appreciative of that. Oh, that that's a huge, that's a huge blessing, man, for sure. Uh, touching on the, the quad rugby thing. I, I actually meant to ask you about that as well. So, um, are you planning on getting back into that once once COVID is, is over with, or at least we're able to get back into the, the gyms and stuff like that and safely? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I love playing quad rugby. I was, I, I sucked at it because I was so slow because I push a wheelchair, you know, and my right arm is my weakest point. Right. So it, it's, I mean, come on, it's kind of funny. You see this dude walk in pushing his own chair in to the, to the, to the uh, place. And I've actually helped other guys get in and out of their chairs. And then I go out there and just get toasted, you know, <laughs> I just get creamed, you know, but, uh, but it's a lot of fun. It's, I just go, and that was what I really focused on. It was just, that was a great time, a great workout, the camaraderie. And uh, I learned so much from those guys. I really did, you know, being around the other quads and, seeing how they were able to adapt in certain situations and, and do things. And, and early on in my, in my injury, you know, I started playing about seven months after my injury. And it was such a formative time for my mindset to be able to see what other people were doing and, and how they did it. And so I, you know, again, the, you know, up there in Columbus, Ohio, the, the, you know, the Buckeye chapter up there, there's fantastic people. Absolutely awesome and i learned so much from those guys and yeah absolutely looking forward to it it's a good time i, I say anybody that can to do it get out there and give it a shot very cool very cool uh alan fry how can people get in touch with you um if they if they want to reach out or, or you know get some inspirational words or whatever the case may be yeah if you want to if, if anybody wants to reach out you know it's funny i again i used to be called america's fittest trucker and uh, my YouTube is still there. I, I haven't put anything up on that for a long time, uh, but there is some stuff up definitely before my accident and some stuff after the accident leading up until, you know, a year or so ago. And so then I decided at one point on Instagram, it didn't look right for America's Fittest Trucker to be, uh, you know, pushing a, a rugby chair and stuff along. And uh, as part of a joke, because uh, I've been called like a fake quad because I can you know, walk and, and, you know, we run into a lot of that. People think, well, how can you be quadriplegic if you can walk? Right. So, uh, so I actually changed my Instagram handle to uh, only slightly quadriplegic. Only slightly quadriplegic. Okay. We'll definitely tag, you know, uh, link that in the, in the description. Are you on uh, Facebook as well or Twitter or anything? Yeah, I'm on Facebook. I don't do much with that anymore. I'm more, more through the, the Instagram, you know, the slightly quadriplegic on the Instagram, but uh, yeah, Alan Fry, you know, on Facebook, you can find me probably, I would assume find, find me there and um, yeah, reach out, man. I mean, I'm always open for, I, I've done a few school talks uh, to, to like middle schoolers, high schoolers, try to, you know, get them uh, a little bit of motivation, a lot, a, a lot of education. I think that's one of the most important things we can do is educate people. And there's a uh, Creighton um, University in, in Omaha, Nebraska, I believe. I speak to their OTPT people a few times. I've spoken to a couple of uh, PT classes at Ohio State University. So, yeah, I'm always willing to, to get on, give it, you know, a share for, um, for, for that kind of stuff and Zoom calls or in-person speeches. I love doing the public speaking. As you can tell, I don't have a shortage of words. <laughs> no, I love it, man. It's, uh, it's been great. You know, I think you gave us a lot of cool, you know, the story is amazing. I mean, it's, it's all like, I, I'm, I'm very interested in the, the drug experimental drug uh, deal you were involved in. It's all, it's all very cool. And I appreciate you coming on and, and, and sharing this with us, Alan. Well, again, I appreciate you guys having me on and, and, you know, just another opportunity that we can work together uh, through our disabilities to try to educate people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we will, uh, yeah, we'll be in touch, man. We'll have to do this again uh, sometime soon. Awesome. All right. Thanks so much, Alan. 
All right, that was Alan Fry. I, I appreciate him uh, taking some time out of his day to, to join me on the podcast, although he uh, does say that he's a trophy husband now. So <laughs> he's, a, he's a stay-at-home husband, enjoying life right now down in Florida. Move from the, like that's that's the life I need. Be I need to move from Flor from Ohio, you know, like from Washington to Florida or Arizona or something. Man, get yeah. out of get out of this uh, these gray winters. Arizona's looking real nice, man. Yeah. So so uh, Alan obviously can can walk, but his right foot, you know, his right leg is and right arm are, are not a hundred percent. They still he still has problems with those, and so that's why he moved because it was really whenever he would get cold he still can't you know how i i'm always cold yeah. like he's he has those same problems still even huh. though he can you know feel pretty much everything and 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 move, That's good, move everything so he had to move somewhere that was was warmer so he was he was getting a notice a noticeable effect from it huh yeah so his spasms would go crazy um whenever it would get whenever it would get really cold and it was just dangerous to be you know walking and stuff with that going on so um, yeah, you know, Alan and the, yeah, like the, the extreme, uh, Iron Man was crazy and he's, he's, a uh, and he, he's like literally the most positive, uh, inspirational person you want to meet, man. He, he just gets people that you can tell, like they even talked about him getting, uh, we talked about it for a second in the podcast, getting the nurses like fired up to work out and, and eat right and, and all this stuff. And he was America's fittest trucker. Like he he lost went from like 300 pounds down to like 175 just ripped you know to shreds after that which is which is amazing so thank you to to Alan we'll uh, we'll definitely post his social media links on here so if anybody wants to get in touch with him they can um, I did phone a friend uh, while we were between uh, intro and yeah. outro here to to so thank you to uh my aunt Teresa fawcett for remembering what the name of the experimental drug i received was it's called cygen yeah that's and, that's spelled s-y-g-e-n okay i think she she threw a c in there but yeah so you got it though on the oh uh, yeah i mean it's basically i don't know that um, that much ever came from it uh honestly it looks like it did have some positive effects um, and I'm just reading a Washington Post article from 1998. Which is when I got which hurt. Which is when you got so, hurt. Um, yeah. There was a famous gymnast that got hurt. And she received this, this treatment um, called GM1 or Cygen. And it's actually made from purified extracts of cow brains. Wow. Okay. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. And it does. It just says evidence that GM1 enhances the recovery of neurologic function after one year. And so basically they put you on a six week. Um, do you remember? This is what this, no, this is what was, happened to her. Yeah. Was, basically it was saying like she, the, the ideal time frame was you had to get it within a certain amount of time period, which was like very soon after your injury. Right. Which is the same with what Alan had. Yes, and so. then also you got it for like six weeks after. But, I mean, there was a study done in 2001 that was um, a prospectively planned analysis, essentially. So, like, they did a study, and it looked like they had positive results, but but um, there was nothing, like, really proven. So, okay. I mean... I mean, I feel like it definitely... I mean, they thought I was going to have to be on a ventilator when I first got injured. Yeah injured so and that's the same with uh with alan he his le his level of injury is super i mean it high, said there so. was a significant effect in all patients in the primary outcome within the eight week period that this one that this study was done on um so but in conclusion although not proven in the primary eff eff efficacy analysis of the trial cygen appears to be beneficial in patients with severe spinal cord injury okay. that was in 2001 yeah, well, it's too. So that it doesn't sound like they're using it now. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I'm not There's seeing no, a ton. I'm no seeing. Recent. I'm seeing more stuff about epidural stimulation when I search for that, and okay. when you search for Cygen, um, like mostly only stuff from like '98 and 2001 come up. Okay. And then it seems like they're moving on to other things after that. All right. Well, uh, we'll move on to other things too. 
Uh, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Um, I do want to thank. It was. Yeah, I do want to thank uh, Garen Angel and uh, Kai Bickle for from from Magical. Yes. Uh, Magical Butter, the the company that makes Magical Butter machines. They have switched gears, Brandon, and they are now into the CBD supplements, uh, supplements, tinctures, and soft gels, and also they're into uh, mushroom extracts like chaga which i have here uh that we're looking at and uh they also have reishi and turkey tail Mm -hmm. and and some other stuff and alan actually mentioned that that's one of the things he he's tried to do is is use some of the the mushroom stuff that's good for neurological you know that's right uh re re like growing neurological uh i don't even know what what the word would be but yeah they regenerating regeneration yes thank you and so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get down with with some of these yeah, magical, thank, shout not out to magical, magical, not magical mushrooms, but the magical. Those might extracts. work too. Yeah, they probably would. This open up your third eye at least. And the CBD, like I did try some of the CBD the other day, and my shoulder was hurting pretty. Did bad, it make you tired? It didn't really make me tired. Did it make you tired? No, sometimes CBD does though. So I just want to make no, sure. No, I, I, I only tried like a small amount. It was actually when we were on our way to the Mariners game. I had some and. My shoulder pain. Uh, which which flavor away. do you have of CBD over there? Uh, we have the orange. Okay. Fifteen hundred milligrams. In the whole bottle, fifty then, milligram servings. Yes, thirty milligrams or no, 15. thirty milliliters, one fluid ounce. Yeah. Anyway, and then we also have the uh, CBD soft gels, bio. Man, you got hooked up, dude. Bio enhanced. I, I was able to to get a uh, bottle of the CBD tincture also from the. From the magical boys. No, that's good. I, it, it, I love their products. You know, the, the machine is great. I use it to to make uh, infused butter and different things for for uh, edible products instead of because you know dealing with. Uh, you don't want to be smoking things, no, I mean, dude. I can't smoke stuff. No, my, my lungs are too weak for that. So we're uh, yeah we're on the edibles only and uh, and tinctures and things like that. So yeah, I appreciate magical Garen Kai hooking it up absolutely and yeah so and i know i did promise uh, an aerofit review this week and i promise aerofit i promise the uh, chris from the netflix movie i'm i'm really falling short lately but uh, just don't open your big fat mouth man. I know, man i feel like we will have an aerofit review next yeah. week and i'm pretty sure chris will be on in two weeks so okay um you know we're very soon very very soon but yeah, thank you again to Alan Fry. Uh, you know, really, really appreciate him coming on the show. And we will be back next week.